At this time, we'll have our sermon from Mr. Barnabas Grayson entitled, A Matter of Faith. Mr. Grayson. Good afternoon, everyone. It is a good afternoon, even though it's cloudy and gloomy outside. It could be worse. The title of this message this afternoon is called A Matter of Faith. We live in trying times that can affect our mental state and our emotional state, both mind and body. And we have read that many are the afflictions of the righteous. And those things can and do beset us from time to time. Sometimes it's in the uh, air we breathe, the quality of the air, quality of the water we drink, the quality of the food that we partake of. Sometimes it's uh, family, it's stresses, job stresses, and so on. In verse 2 of the book of 3 John, we read, it says, in verse 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. So this is John writing to the beloved Gaius, whom he loves in the truth. First he says to Gaius, I wish above all things, that is in all respects, that you may prosper or succeed in, in the aim or the goal in reaching something and next be in health to be in health to have sound health that is to be well in body to be in health even as your soul prospers figuratively of course to be in health it could be uh, figurative of our physical well-being and also our spiritual well-being so the literal reading of verse 2 would be uh, something like this. Beloved, concerning all things, I pray you to do well and to be in health as does well of you, the soul. So, he's, so this beloved, Gaius, is a dear friend whom the apostle is wishing above all things for him to be in health. It doesn't say, but uh, one wonders, if there was some physical affliction or affirmity that uh, Gaius was having. But what we see here is a wish for a beloved friend, one to have good health and to enjoy good health, literally and figuratively. Unfortunately, we ourselves find that we do have ups and downs in our physical uh, condition as well as our mental conditions sometimes, and even our spiritual conditions. And we may not be as sound as we would like to be. So we desire and seek healing at times. We want to be healed. We want to be comforted. We want to be made well. Now, healing is a word <clears throat> that means the curing or restoring to wholeness, to a healthy and sound condition. So we go to a doctor or we buy something from the pharmacy, or some, uh, maybe something we, uh, some remedy that we might have at the house. 
And like all cures, you know, we have to be careful because there are some, some things that have, that have side effects. And sometimes we ask for anointing. So there, as we read the book, the holy book, the Bible, there are many instances of miraculous healing in the Bible. And there are many promises of healing. When we face an illness, as many of us have, be it our own or that of a loved one, healing is what we hope for. And the Bible shows that the power of Jesus Christ that he had was able and was able to heal. Let's go to Mark chapter 1, verse 23. There was in their, their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. This unclean spirit cried out saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you? Jesus of Nazareth are you come to destroy us I know who you are the Holy One of God and Jesus rebuked him saying hold your peace and come out of him and when the unclean spirit had torn him and cried with a loud voice he came out of him and they were all amazed in so much that they questioned among themselves saying what thing is this what new doctrine is this? For with authority commands he, even the unclean spirits, and they do obey him. And so they, they were amazed at the power that they saw. So immediately, verse 28, his fame spread abroad throughout all the region round about Galilee. And so it would be that if you and I heard of some evangelist somewhere that was laying hands on people and, and people were being healed. You know, we'd, if we had a condition and that would warrant our going there and having hands laid on us, being made well, that's what we would do. So the, uh, the fame of Jesus was spread because they heard of all the miraculous things that he was doing. Verse 29, and forthwith, when they were come out of the synagogue, they entered into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her, and she ministered unto, unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And, the, and all the city was gathered together at the door. And he healed, or he cured many that were sick of different diseases and cast out many devils and suffered not the devils to speak because they knew him. They knew who he was, the son of God. Verse 40, there came a leper beseeching him, kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and touched him, and said unto him, I will be you clean. You see where Jesus had compassion. And sometimes it, when we watch a little bit of television, and we see people that are on TV, and you know from the news, that 
are suffering, especially children and so on, we are moved with compassion. And we think if only we could uh, just take the power of Jesus Christ and bring comfort to those that are suffering, we would. And so Jesus was moved with compassion. Put forth his hand and touched him and, and said unto him, I will be you clean. And as soon as he had spoken, put forth his hand and touched him and said, uh, and he was clean, cleansed. And the leprosy departed from him. Verse 42. So in Mark 1, we read from uh, verse 23 to 42. Now let's go to Mark chapter 2. And we'll read here. Jesus entered into Capernaum. After some days, it was found out he was in the house. Many gathered together. The room became crowded, even at the door, as he preached the word unto them. So can you imagine the people going there, wanting to hear what Jesus had to say and, and the kind of things that Jesus talked about, the promises that were in the offing? And he must have revealed, you know, the hope of the future, for the future, to those people. And it was crowded. In verse 3, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him because of the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, when Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, sons, Son, your sins be forgiven you. So instead of pronouncing <clears throat> a physical healing or a cure upon the man with the palsy, he said to him, instead, son, your sins be forgiven you. Now, verse 10, as we will read later, verse 10 tells us why he did this. But in verse 6, there were certain of the scribes, those were teachers of the, uh, the Jewish traditions and service judges in those days they were sitting there and they were reasoning in their hearts why does this man thus speak blasphemies who can forgive sins but God only and immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves he said unto them why reason you these things in your hearts whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, and take up your bed, and walk. But, verse 10, But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the sick of the palsy. So, the uh, Son of Man, uh, notice throughout the Bible, it's, it's a favorite uh, designation that Jesus sometimes referred to himself. He used that of himself, son of man. In verse 11, I say unto you, to this palsy, arise and take up your bed and go your way into the house. First he said, you know, son, your, your sins be forgiven. And next he said, take up your bed and go your way to your house. Verse 12 Immediately he rose, took up the bed, and went forth before them all, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it in this fashion. 
So Jesus healed the man and forgave his sins. And they were asking, well, just who is this healer who even forgives sins? But they noticed that Jesus taught as one having authority. And Christ, they called Jesus Christ. Christ is, you know, Christos in the Greek, which means anointed, also the Messiah. And we also know Jesus Christ as the Savior. In Luke chapter 2, Jesus, our Savior. In the land of Palestine, shepherds were abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. When the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. In John 4, uh, verse 42. Before this verse, we read where the Samaritans believed on Christ because of the saying of the Samaritan woman that uh, he talked to at the well. And she said to those uh, fellow Samaritans that uh, this Jesus told me everything that I ever did. So the Samaritans, they came to the city and they came unto him and they uh, beseeched Christ that he would tarry with them and he abode there two days. And many more believe because of his own word. Verse 42, and they said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of your saying or your testimony, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. So we see Jesus being uh, designated, described as, defined as the Savior. So after two days, verse 43, he departed from there and he went to Galilee and on the way as he was leaving, he pointed out that uh, a prophet has no honor in his own country. So Jesus is recognized as the savior of the world. That word savior is from the Greek soter and it means deliverer, that is God or Christ. Ephesians 5.23 says he's the savior of the body or, or of the church. In Ephesians 3.20, it says our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven from whence we also look for the savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Titus 3.5-6, we see where Jesus is also referred to as savior. There are other places where we can see that Savior is synonymous with Jesus Christ as Messiah and as our healer because he was sent by the Father. 1 John chapter 4, verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love, also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time but if we love one another God dwells in us and his love is perfected in us 
Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us the Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him, and he in God. This power to heal, Jesus had. And before he left, he commissioned his disciples, and he gave power to the apostles. In Matthew 10, he had called unto him his 12 disciples, and he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. But he also said, but go not into the city of the Samaritans. In Mark chapter 6, verse 13, I haven't, I don't think I've written, written these down on your handout there. But we see where they had cast out many devils and anointed with oil many that were sick and, and healed them. So we see uh, there is this word anointed, anointed with oil. In the early church, in Acts 2.43, we read where fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And in Acts 8.5, Philip then went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracles that he did. And verse 7, for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, which, you know, to us would be a very frightening thing, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and that were lame, were healed. In Acts 28, also, it came to pass that there was uh, the father of, of Publius, he lay sick of a fever and a bloody flux to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him. So we see Jesus had compassion, was able to heal, and the apostles were, were anointing uh, those who were sick and laying hands on them. So when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and were healed. Now, disease and death has always been a part of life. You see this in both the very young and, the, and in the very old. This English word disease is from an old French word that means lack of ease. That's how it is when we are faced with an affliction, an infirmity, a sickness, or an injury, or something as perhaps a cold. In Matthew chapter 9, <clears throat> came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the, in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, why does your master eat with these publicans and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said to them, they that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go you and learn what that means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So we read <clears throat> that the early church was given 
to the early church was given a certain function, certain works, and in describing some of those things in 1 Corinthians, we see diversities of operations. Verse 6, there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which works all in all. One In verse 8, one is given by the Spirit, uh, the word of wisdom, which is... Uh, we can look at it as spiritual insight or worldly insight into things, especially in answer to what might be hard questions. And to another, the word of knowledge. And this is science. This is what man learns and what he knows from his study by the same spirit. Verse 9, we read to another faith by the same spirit and to another the gifts of healing, which, you know, it means... Uh, the gift of curing by the same spirit. In James chapter 5. Verse 13. Is any among you afflicted? So are you, we ever afflicted with trouble or hardship of some kind? Are we afflicted maybe by sickness or illness of some kind? It says let him pray. Pray to God. And it says, any, is any merry, is any cheerful? Let him sing psalms to God. Then, in verse 14, is any sick among you? Are you feeble uh, in any sense, or diseased, or, or sick, or weak? Let him call for the elders of the church. So we see a personal request on the part of those who want to be anointed or healed. Let him call for the elders, plural, of the church. And this we see, you know, of course, more than one. And let them, plural, pray over him. That is, make supplication, anointing him with oil in the name, in the authority and honor of the Lord. Verse 15, and it says, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if you have committed sins, they will be forgiven. Verse 16, confess, that is, acknowledge your faults, that is, a side slip or a lapse or a deviation or an unintentional error or willful transgression. Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another that you may be healed, that is, made whole. So in this, one may see a see spiritual health concerns as well as physical ones because the burden of sin whether it is in mind or body seeks relief so when we confide to another especially one who is close like a brother then uh, then can come intercessory prayer on for our part so we can take it to God <clears throat> saying my friend so-and-so has this affliction he has this problem so we pray for him. Or we might know of a man or a child or a woman who has a problem, and we bring it to God. Now, we are a church, of course, that believes in prayer. All kind, there are all kinds of prayers made in different ways, giving of thanks and of supplications and we're asking help. So let's kind of look at prayer for just a moment. We believe that praying for one another 
is the thing we do. Especially when we know that someone is in need of prayer. And we also tend to pray a little bit more strongly for someone close to us. But when we pray, we put our trust in God that he will do according to his will and not ours. Now we know that the eternal knows our needs even before we ask him. And he also knows the needs of others before we even pray for them. Yet we're still expected, called on to pray. And that's the one thing that we were asked to do. So how effectual a prayer is depends on one's sincerity and the belief that the eternal is hearing, listening to our words. So we go before the great throne of God and kneel down. And and while we may sometimes wonder how is it that God will hear our single prayer out, out of among so many, we just know that God does somehow hear. You look into the book of Psalms and you see a lot of words and that are praises and petition to God. And we read that the effectual uh, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. That the effectual prayer is one that means to be active, to be moving, a moving prayer, so to speak. So how long or short a prayer, one must say, you know, that's between uh, them and the eternal. But we know to be careful that we don't be repetitious or think that a long prayer is going to be uh, more effective. It's a matter of faith that God listens to our prayers and will answer according to his will. But we have to exercise patience. We know that God favors the righteous. We see that in the Psalms. And sometimes we ask, well, why am I not healed? But in the matter of healing, we may wonder those things. Why am I not healed? Why am I not comforted? God knows my state. I prayed, I prayed about it. Why have I not been seen to? Or why has not the healing of uh, my loved one been seen to? Now, we sometimes may hear words like God works in, in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. But for those hurting or wondering, it may not be a much comfort. So how do we answer that? Let's look at Isaiah chapter 55. Verse 6. It says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Call you upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his ways and the righteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth. So are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. The things that we look at when we are suffering or from an illness or in pain, uh, you know, we think this ought to be done or that ought to be done. But those thoughts sometimes are not the way God is going to answer. 
those prayers, those thoughts. His ways are not our ways, and his thinking is on a much higher plane than ours, and so we have to leave everything in God's hand, and that we look to his wisdom, to his mercy. <clears throat> My thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, uh, back in Deuteronomy, it says, uh, God said, if you live in obedience to his, to his uh, laws, there will come blessings. Deuteronomy, uh, let's see, 715. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you know, upon you, but will lay them upon them that hate you. Now, we are of the household of faith. Chapter 11, Hebrews, uh, look at verse 13, Hebrews 11, 13. We see where that these faithful, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off. It wasn't really close at hand, but they knew that far off, there in the future, in, in a timely manner, uh, there they will, these promises will come to fruition. And they were persuaded of them, and they embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. So you, you have this looking ahead, this future uh, that you see beyond the present state. And they were persuaded of them, and they embraced them, and they just confessed that, well, we're just strangers and pilgrims on the earth on a journey. Verse 38, of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. So the world, the people of that age, they considered the righteous, these early Christians, as unworthy to live in, the, in their world, and they went after them. We know that they were persecuted. All sorts of uh, troubles were laid upon them. Verse 39, and these all, having obtained a good report, verse 39, uh, good report through faith, Receive not the promise. God having promised some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. So we are in this household of faith, and their believing trust in God, no matter the outcome, are our examples. Examples of people accepting the will of God, enduring to the end. Matthew 9 A certain ruler, verse 18, came to Jesus, said that his daughter had died, and he asked Jesus to come and lay his hand upon her, and she shall live. Jesus rose, followed him, and so did his disciples, and as he was going, behold, a woman, diseased with an issue of blood, 12 years, came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. And she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. And Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And the woman was made whole from that, from that hour, according to your faith. So it's a matter of faith. And when he came to, unto the ruler's house, he saw these minstrels and the people making a noise. And he said unto them, give place or, or depart go away for the maid is not dead but sleeps and they laughed him to scorn but when the people were put forth 
sent away, he went in, took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. Verse 27, again here. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying and saying, You son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him and said unto them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said, Yea, Lord. Then touched he their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. So the fame of Jesus and the things that the, he did and the things that the people heard about him led many to know and have the faith that he could do a miracle. That's why big crowds followed him. And so when Jesus was here, he had the power to heal and to forgive. So when he went back to his throne in heaven, he, he did not leave without giving us the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 13, and uh, Scripture there says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity. These three, but the greatest of these is charity or love. So the greatest of these three things is love. We know faith, of course, is important. Having hope is important. We know that faith is one of the fruits of God's Spirit. We see that in Galatians 5. But if you look at Galatians 5 in the order of the spiritual things that are listed there, we see in verse 22 that the Spirit, uh, the fruit of the Spirit first mentioned is love. And then you see joy and peace and long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, then faith. So we know we are to have love toward one another and, and toward God. But you see between love and faith, there is a, uh, we see joy. We see peace. We see gentleness and goodness connecting uh, to faith, which, you know, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But we know also that Satan stalks about looking for weaknesses in, in our lives, and he tries to uh, waylay those things like joy, like peace, like long-suffering, and tries to get us to do opposite of that, which all has an effect on our faith. So, though we be afflicted, whether it's with a common cold or, or a more serious sickness, our love for God must not falter because we must still continue to believe in him. Remember Jesus said, they that be whole uh, need not, uh, need, uh, they that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but, but the sick. So Christ's main concern was, was calling sinners to repentance. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand is, is the message he preached. So those who are sick, you know, it's not a lack of faith that one goes to see a doctor or to seek medical attention. It does not mean that one does not trust God. God gave gifts of knowledge. He gave gifts of wisdom and to help mankind through sickness and restore health to a certain degree. But it's, uh, our rest restoration to health will only go so far. And not until that day that 
Jesus returns and gives us a, an immortal body that we'll, we will be completely healed. Who likes to work out, do exercises? Something that you've got to keep up, but we know that exercises you know, do help our body feel a little bit better, strengthens us in many ways, and it helps our physical condition. In 1 Timothy 4, verse 8, it says, For bodily exercise, however, profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that now is and of that which is to come. So bodily exercise goes only so far in this mortal body of ours. Physical training does have some value, but godliness has value for all things. Verse 9, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. And we need proper food. Acts 27:33. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought them all to take meat, saying, This day is the fourteenth day that you've uh, tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Nothing. Therefore, wherefore I pray you to take some meat, for this is your health, for there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. And when he had thus spoken, he took bread, gave thanks to God in presence of them all. And when he had broken it, he began to eat. And they were all of good cheer, and they also took some meat. So, you know, eating is one of those things that uh, gives us the energy to continue on. And we also, you know, know about the clean and unclean foods. and won't go into that. And it says to have temperance in all things. In Proverbs 23 verse 1, when you sit to eat with a ruler, consider diligently what is before you. Put a knife to your throat if you be a man given to uh, appetite, to gluttony. Be not desire, but not desirous of his dainties, for they are a deceitful meat. So, you know, we are the temple of God, and we have to be careful uh, what we put into our bodies and also into our mind. Thoughts and deeds that go into our hearts we have to be careful about what they are. And in verse 4 it says, Do not wear yourself out to get rich. We have to have the wisdom to show restraint. Spiritual conditioning, for example. You know, we go for a walk sometimes to uh, breathe the air and to uh, increase our lung capacity and have a little bit more stamina. And Galatians 5 says to walk in the spirit. All of those uh, spiritual things that we see there that we should exercise also. Proverbs 15, 13, it says, A merry heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of the heart, the spirit is broken. So we see that uh, it, it says that also that uh, it does good. A merry heart does good like a medicine. And so we uh, apply those things. Now, we know <clears throat> that there are some things that cannot be cured by the physicians in this age. But with God, it says all things are possible. And if it is to his glory and according to his will, we know it can be done. And he may direct us to human help by 
us using sound wisdom and knowledge. Sometimes there's healing. Sometimes there's not. Nevertheless, we put our faith and hope in God to heal. And when he does, we give praise and thanks. The Apostle Paul wrote that he had uh, an affliction. He said in verse uh, chapter 12, verse 7, Lest I should be exalted above measure, that is, become conceited, through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted uh, above measure. So whatever it was, it was a tool that Satan used to torment him, to make him try to quit believing in Christ and come, uh, filling him with doubts so that maybe Paul would just quit preaching him, preaching Christ. In verse 8, Paul said, For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace, that is, the Lord's grace, his favor, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his peace, and all those uh, qualities of God's character, is sufficient enough for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul said, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. It takes a very faithful and strong person to stand in the face of illness or adversity. You, uh, you see sometimes uh, children on uh, St. Jude commercials, and uh, you, know, you just admire their tenacity and their hope that, that, is, that is in them. 1 Timothy 6, chapter 7, or chapter 6, verse 7, Paul said that we brought nothing into the world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. Isaiah chapter 40. Skip on down to these remaining verses here. Have you not known, verse 28, chapter 40, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, faints not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall, be, shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings as eagles. And they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. You know, that time will come, though we may have to wait a while, maybe a little while. In Romans 8, it says that we are the children of God. And if children, that means that we are heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. So that thought should bring joy. And that's what Satan would not, you know, he doesn't want us to keep that. So we need to draw near unto God, and he will draw near unto us. And we need to be constant in prayer. Whatever affliction there is that comes upon us, physical or spiritual, we can be like that, uh, the, the person, that person there in uh, Mark, where, where he said, help my faith, help my unbelief, my lack of faith. Let me go to that.
over there in Mark 9 about this uh, this child who had a spirit that tore at him, throwing him to the ground, wallowing and foaming. And uh, he asked his father, Jesus did, how long is it ago since this came on him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. So we see that the man asks if, and there, you know, when sometimes when you say if, there's a little bit of doubt to it. But he said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said, from one of the commentaries in the Bible here, the sense of Jesus' word in verse 23, where he said unto him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Uh, the sense of these words is Jesus saying, what do you mean if you can? All things are possible to him that believes. And then we see where the father, straightway the father of the child, cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help you, my unbelief. So he had this inner turmoil of, of, uh, of doubt some, somewhat. Yet Jesus went ahead and healed him. Finally, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, we read this. There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear. So whatever trial comes along, we know that God is aware and that he will not tempt us above what we are able so keep the faith let us remember to pray for one another that we may be healed because after all everything that we know in the word of God it's a matter of faith 